Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers lost to the Knicks without LeBron James and with the sick Anthony Davis. Uh, but help might, well, it is definitely on the way because LeBron's coming back from his suspension. But more help might be on the way, hopefully at, at the very latest after this road trip is finally over. Let's get to all of the fallings out after another just tough loss here for the Lakers. So the game starts out, and basically as soon as it started, the Lakers were down by double digits. The Knicks immediately went on a 10-0 run. Frank calls timeout and said after the game, this quote made me ball my fist. Frank Vogel says, quote, the Lakers put up, quote, a hell of a fight to come back, but says they came up short due to their continuing slow starts. We have to get better starts. The last two games were playing uphill, and that's what makes things difficult. Huh. Well, if only somebody wasn't in charge of the decisions that might lead to some of those slow starts. Look, I am still of the opinion that Frank Vogel doesn't necessarily fix what is actually wrong with the Lakers. But it is also the only place that the Lakers could realistically and financially less painfully improve. Because, again, this is something that really we know matters to the Lakers and, and to that ownership group. So if you're looking for ways for the Lakers to improve, some of these guys, just like LeBron isn't going to get younger, right? Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, you know, whoever it is, they aren't going to get any young. DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, those guys aren't getting any younger. Uh, Kendrick Nunn apparently isn't getting any healthier anytime soon. We're still waiting for any kind of clarity on that situation. Uh, we do know that Austin Reeves is coming back, but again, attaching your hopes and dreams to an undrafted rookie is certainly one way that you can hope to improve. Uh, as we've seen from Tan Horton Tucker, regression happens all the time. And it is brutal when it happens to somebody that you're really leaning on. And so in the case of, of Austin Reeves coming back, and that's something that's going to fix the Lakers, probably not. Uh, when it comes to firing Rob Palenka, that's not going to happen. He's going to fire Rob Palenka before ownership fires him. And even then, I don't know if Jeannie uh, Buss is even capable of firing Rob Palenka. I don't, I don't think that's something that she would ever do. So Lakers just might be stuck there. Uh, now, when it comes to improving the roster, uh, look, nobody's been bought out that would immediately help, and the Lakers don't have the assets right now to be able to trade for somebody who would step in and immediately help. So if you're just looking for ways for the Lakers to theoretically improve, Vogel is it. That said, I don't think it improves the Lakers enough to do it, and there's a chance, by the way, that firing Frank Vogel actually makes him a little bit worse <laughs> because... The, the other coaches on the Lakers staff right now, we don't know, are materially better. And as evidenced by the fact that Frank has won a championship, he's better than the people that currently work beneath him in the organization. So that's something that if you're really ringing the bell for Frank Vogel to get fired, maybe take that into account. But all that said, when Frank is, is acknowledging the fact that the Lakers are starting slow, and still unwilling to actually do anything about some of the lineups that get the Lakers to start slow, it makes it really difficult for me to sit here and say, yeah, this guy understands which buttons to press with this Lakers team. It's enough. 
we can't do this with Avery Bradley anymore. Yeah, he played well. But Avery Bradley playing well is still not something that I'm going to sit here and say like, oh, man, thank God Avery Bradley played tonight. The game changed when Malik Monk came in. It's like, oh, yeah, fine. DeAndre Jordan had a couple plays down the stretch. Great. That's DeAndre Jordan at his best. Again, the Lakers get significantly better when they supply Anthony Davis with the proper creation and shooting and don't plug up the key with DeAndre Jordan in the middle. And, and, and this, by the way, like this is now multiple years where when the Lakers were really good, and by the way, this isn't a championship roster anymore, but when the Lakers were really good, you would sit there and you'd say, all right, they start slow, but eventually they figure it out, and they're talented enough to make up for what they're giving up with that starting group back when JaVale was starting or back when uh, Andre Drummond was starting, right? You would say, well, at least when everybody is healthy, we know what those teams were capable of. This team, even when everybody has been healthy or you know everybody outside of like the Trevor Arizas and Kendrick Nunn uh, have been healthy, the Lakers still haven't exactly beaten the crap out of anybody. They don't have a blowout win yet. They've been blown out, but they don't have a blowout win. And so like if you're if your starters are going to continue to handcuff your team and the roster isn't talented enough to make up for being handcuffed, then change the freaking starting lineup. This isn't rocket science, Frank. Russ did play really, really well. To get back to some of the positives from this one, again, the Lakers only lost by six without LeBron and with Anthony Davis clearly playing at about 75%. Russ did have one of his better games as a Laker. He goes for 31 points as part of a triple-double, racking up 13 rebounds and 10 assists, 10 of 18 from the field, 3 of 6 from a three-point range, 8 of 9 from the free-throw line, which is really good to see uh, for somebody who has struggled from there of late for some reason uh, in his career. Uh, and, and you know, yes, he had the six turnovers, but given how little other creation the Lakers had out there, Rajon Rondo didn't play in this one. Obviously, LeBron didn't play in this one, and Taylor and Horton Tucker was just abysmal. Uh, Russ had to carry the load basically creatively, and the six turnovers, There's that's just going to happen. Uh, but, you know, again we are starting to see some of the things that the Lakers can do to get him going outside of clearly, like I know snarky listeners right now are saying, Oh, well he, they can get him going by not having LeBron play. Cause his, he looks at his best when LeBron isn't out there. Well, fine, but just getting him downhill, just getting him downhill and getting uh, to the basket and attacking the basket with authority. That's going to set up the rest of his game. And I think you can still do that even with LeBron on the floor and, they need to be able to figure that out really, really soon because based on how the season has gone, you just never know when LeBron's going to be available. I also want to give a shout out to Malik Monk, uh, who in this one played 31 minutes, 5 of 14 from the field, only 1 of 7 from three-point range, though uh, that number looks significantly worse because he had to take, or he was taking some some tough shots. My my favorite moment of the game that, that made me laugh out loud, which if you were watching the pressure cooker, uh, you saw me laugh out loud, but Malik took a step back three-pointer that Russ didn't like, and it was funny to see Russ get angry at somebody else for hero ball, and then, you know, two minutes later take a hero ball shot of his own that clanked. Uh, but that I found you got to find the humor in some of these moments. But uh, Monk finished with those 12 points, uh, four boards, four assists, couple steals, 
and uh, no turnovers uh, for for Malik Monk. And I just think, you know, again, this is the thing that Frank is has really pushed back against all season is this is an offense first team. He's a defense first coach. And we can't keep trying to force this issue where he's going to try to turn the Lakers into the kind of team that he is more comfortable coaching the best coaches ever, period, across all of sports, adapt to the team that are, that is put in front of them. That's how that that's what separates the really good X's and O's guys, the really good uh, players, coaches, guys, the, the 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 pretty you know the the good coaches from the great. And I'm not saying that Frank Vogel is a great coach. I think he's a good coach. Uh, but if he ever wants to take that next step forward, he needs to start adapting to the roster that he has and stop trying to force us into liking these stupid starting lineups that are starting as poorly as they have. Not much else to talk about in regards to this game, though. If you want more on it, uh, check out the Lakers Lounge. Or no, this was an Anthony Irwin show uh, episode Harrison and I did earlier today. You're going to want to check that out. I I talked more about this game specifically, and then he and I went over a fun hypothetical and tried to play it either or. Not going to give away the either or uh, on that one. Check out that actual audio if you want to. Uh, And then also, with these pressure cooker shows, uh, especially the ones with the guests, they basically kind of turn into podcasts for the last 10 minutes or so after the game is over, just because I enjoy talking Lakers. So on the Silver Screen and Roll YouTube page, go ahead and hit the subscri- subscribe button there. Uh, you can watch me talk to whoever it is that I have on that show, and you could watch me watch those games. If you watch that game, you know exactly which moments are which, uh, and, and based on my reaction to them, so that's kind of fun as well. Uh, So check out that. We have one more of these. We have a game. Then Sabrina and I have an I Love Basketball that we're going to record. And then it's vacation time. Have a good one, everybody.